0: Becoming a dad making a difference requires discipline, but what does discipline look like in practice? Today, my guest is Kyle Carnahan, founder of Superhuman Fathers. Kyle is dedicated to helping men build the discipline and the practices in their lives so that they can become the best for the people they love most and that they can inspire others along the way. Kyle is a father to five amazing kids and husband to his wife, Whitney. And Kyle is going to share how a life of mediocrity can be transformed into an amazing and purposeful life by taking a few steps that require discipline and action. Now, Kyle is a fiery guy. This is a fiery conversation. And I'll give you a heads up. If you're in the car with the kids, there's some language in this episode. So maybe pop back to another episode and come back to this one later. But I am proud to have Kyle on here he has fired up about helping you step into a role in your life and to help you overcome the excuses that you are putting in your way to achieve what you're able to achieve. My conversation with Kyle Carnahan starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Kyle, welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, brother. Jack, to have you on today. How are you doing?
1: Dude, trying to trying to stay jacked you know
0: trying to stay jacked <laughs> stay ripped stay lean uh in the nice weather no less
1: yeah this uh yeah San Diego life it's yeah. uh it's it's beautiful here just just got done burning three hundred and eighty six calories on my mini ramp outside by myself that. with the little sun and um it's it's hard at uh at forty two to get out there dude I'm not gonna lie like <laughs>
0: Yeah, not not as often as you hope, and not because you don't want to. It's because the body doesn't let you.
1: Dude, there's something about it. It's weird. You get into your forties, and and, I mean, guys, listen and understand this. Like, it's harder to go to the gym. It's it's harder to get out of bed. It's hard. It's just like especially doing shit that you could hurt yourself with. Like skateboarding is gnarly. When I was a kid, like you would just do it, not think about it. You wouldn't get think about getting hurt. Now, like. What's your what's your deal on language with this thing? I want to be respectful. Keep we it, try to keep, keep it clean, mellow.
0: but it's all good.
1: All right, well, I'll filter myself. I'm sure something will slip out, but we'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> but like, as a kid, you just don't think about it, and now I have this voice in my head. It's like you're gonna get you're gonna get effed up. You're gonna get effed up. You're gonna get effed up. You're gonna break something. You're gonna break something. It's like ringing in my ears like a song, and I'm like, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Shut <laughs> up. I don't want to hear that right now. You no, know, but I like to. I like to still fight through that and like have these daily battles um kind of manufactured battles um because that's where as men we feel alive you know
0: agreed well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story cal because you know you have superhuman fathers um which i love i think your message is awesome and from just this the first couple minutes of this people know that you're intense and you're passionate about what you do and often a question comes like where does that come from like what's the story behind this so cal what, where does this come from? How was superhuman fathers born? How did you start doing this?
1: Well, so I was born with two things: a lot of compassion and love for other people, and then also a lot of fear and insecurity. So like that was kind of the the mix of of what I what I started on this planet with. And so um, with that mix, you can't do much because you're too scared, you don't feel like a leader. You wanna help, but you can't because you don't have the confidence to do so. And so I always had this desire to to be somebody who could be of value to other people and, and, mm-hmm. and impact and and help, but I always seemed to be as a kid kind of behind, you know, like the the, the follower, the kid that nobody noticed, picked last on the team, couldn't do a pull up in, in eighth grade, you know, like so I was that was me and, and uh didn't get good grades, like just just kind of felt like I was just a bother to my teachers and just felt kind of like a dork, you know? And, um, and then of course come that, that comes with a certain level of bullying because you're just not you don't have the confidence. So you just kind of get pushed around a little bit. And, um, and then a- as I got older, I found skateboarding, which was massive for me because I learned that if I just do one thing more than anyone else, I'll get better than that at everyone else. And then all of a sudden. Because you're good at that thing, people start to respect you. When they respect you, start to listen to you. Right. I was like, this is this is interesting. So like I develop a skill set that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but yet these guys now will listen to me. My 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 buddies will listen to me about advice that I give now. Mm. And they're asking me questions about life because I skate good. Yeah. It makes no sense. But this as men, we look to other men to find things we respect. And if we respect what they do or their skill sets or how they look or how they are, we'll attach that to like everything else in life. Like, like you yep. see a guy who's jacked yeah, and and is in good health. You're like, dude, can you help me with my marriage? Yeah, Even though that has nothing to do with it technically, yep. although you could say the discipline, um, you know, and all that will bleed over and we can talk about that later. But technically he, he might not have, he might be an asshole, (laughs) you know? So like, but as men, we look to people with money, with the body, with the things, and then we will listen to what they say. Mm. And so I think what happened in my life, I was like, okay, well I want to have an impact in men's lives. I want to teach them how to actually be happy and have fulfillment in this world, which I know is not, it's not having the body or the things or the money but those things come when you become this man that you're seeking to be. But in order to get their attention, I have to be. Yeah. So I stack the cards in, in, in my favor here where I'm going to try to develop a life that you want so that you'll listen to me and I can have an impact in your life. I, I am personally saying I'm not going to hire a coach or take advice from someone that doesn't have a life that I want. I'm just not. I'm going to look. I'm fully judging and assessing someone when they're giving me advice. Yep. And if their body looks like a trash can and, and, and they, and they have no success in their life and they're, and they have a terrible relationship with their wife. I'm like, everything you say, I'm deleting. I don't, I actually don't want to hear it. Yeah, Please. You yep. know, my, my coach, Wes Watson said, it, he always says uh, like, if I listen to you, am I going to turn out like you? Mm. Like, and, and that dude, that dude just says it. He'll say yep. it out loud. Like, he, he he's amazing, but, um, I don't have those. I don't always have that, that kind of balls yet to just say that to people, but, <laughs> but definitely like we all think that, you know? Yeah. So th- I think that's what this developed into is this compassion. And then the fear, man, I just had the propensity to to kind of start leaning into it through skateboarding because mm. skateboarding's scary, man. And so I started to realize in life, if I want to land the trick, like I'm going to take some slams. Yeah. And, uh, whether that's in the form of rejection, judgment, losing money, failure. I just started to realize like, sometimes I got to try that thing 10,000 times till I land it. And that bled over into my life in everything, you know?
0: Yeah. And your dad, you know, like, that's a big part of this too, is guys are listening to this and they're like, yeah, I, I can relate. You know, we, gravitate to the people we've seen. I like what you said about the skating because we've seen people have success in one area and somewhere in our brain, we make the connection that they, Oh, they must be successful in every area. (laughs) And you mentioned the discipline and all these things, but it doesn't really correlate. Like we see guys, okay, you have a lot of kids. I got two kids. You're a dad of five, right? Yeah. 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 A dad of five. So somebody sees you, they're like, Oh, he's a dad of five kids. He must be an amazing dad. He must have everything figured out, right?
1: And Yeah. Behind closed doors, I'm like throwing them against the wall and just like a psycho. You know, like you just don't know.
0: Right. right. You don't really know from the outside looking in, but you're really passionate about kind of peeling back the layers and having guys see what's real. And, yeah. you know, as a dad, as a husband, you know, you you have a professional life you had a professional life and then you saw this need and you saw this need in in men you took your compassion you took your fiery edge you took this lifestyle experience that you've had where you said you had you've taken some slams along the way and you created something special for guys with that they can relate to um yeah how how did that come to be because you know guys can say I'm a dad of five I'm just too busy it's too busy can't do this but you said nope it's more the reason to do it
1: yeah yeah I'm gonna take away everyone's excuses all of them' yep. like there, there's no place where a man can tell me I don't have time or I can't do it or I don't have the genetics or uh you just can't because because I'm living in a way that will show you that you can't yep. and that's 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 my job um so I fell into the banking industry um in my early 20s Started as a teller. I, I, w- I was a loser, man. I didn't have a college education. I didn't have any plans. I, I was a skateboarder, which, like, you know, a lot of us skateboarders, like, we don't really latch on to, like, societal norms or, or make plans for the future. A lot of it is, like, this psychotic obsession with, like, with the next trick that we're trying to land. And it is weird. It, it can actually hold you back. But if you, like, start to take, and this is a huge part of this, like, intentional with your le- life lessons so you take your life lessons and you can apply them to everything in your life like like i've applied skateboarding to everything and then when i applied skateboarding to building my physique i took my physique and built that into how to how to have great relationships with my kids and my wife was transferred over over into how to build a massive business and scale it and how to be a leader like all these things are now connected intentionally now i understand these principles that you can move from one place to another. But if you obsess over one thing and you think the thing is the thing, mm. that's the problem. It's the principles and the teachings within the thing that you're learning that that you need to really glom onto. So what I did is in the bank, I started to use, again, what I learned in skateboarding. I was successful. I realized if I made enough calls, more than anyone else, I would close more loans and get more investments, close more accounts than anyone else. It was that simple. Um, and things went really well till 2008 and I lost everything. And that was the best kick in the balls I could have ever had. Um, we had our dream house, life was good. Uh, and then I ended up moving in with my wife's parents and, uh, literally losing everything starting at ground zero. And I'm 28 years old and I got a couple kids and my wife's looking at me like, thanks, bro. Nice. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You know? And so all that fear and insecurity that I had as a little kid, it's all back again as 28 year old man. Um, and then I uh, somehow decided to be—I wanted to be a fireman, paramedic at 28. Like yeah. la- later in life, I didn't realize like a lot of guys do that. So like, if you're out there and you actually want to do something in your late 20s, understand like most people don't find what they actually want to do till like their late 20s, then 30s, and then a lot of times like in my case, like I had a shift in my really late 30s, complete yeah. and utter shift. So if you don't have it all figured out right now, like. Just work at something. You know, a lot of guys I know will like start law school and be like, this isn't for me. And then they start medical school and they're like, this isn't for me. And then they're like, they start uh, business school and they're like, this isn't for me. It's like, finish, just finish something.
0: Finish like, something. Stick with it.
1: Everything. Yeah. Everything you're going to do is going to have some suck to it. And so, whatever you start, just finish it. So, if you're in this position where you're like, I don't know if this is for me, just finish it because then you'll have it. Like, if this guy would have finished law school, it would have been, he would have been two years behind medical school. And then, if you would have finished med- medical school, you would have been like 38 years old with a law degree and a doctor. And now, he, that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah. It's like you stick to it; you're going to become this amazing human that can offer some pretty cool things to the world. And then start a coaching business. And then you could be like, I'm an attorney, and I'm a doctor, and I'm a coach. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you're just gonna, you're going to get clients just because of that. Yeah. But um, I bounce around all over like a pinball. But going back to joining the fire service, like I needed that man, like. I went in there with a lot of, still a lot of insecurity and weakness and and some selfishness. Those guys just beat the hell out of me, like emotionally. Mm -hmm. And it was was the best bullying I could have had because it was truth. They just hit you in the face with truth. And then everything is criticized down to like how you cut an onion. Like you're criticized. And a lot of people would say like, these guys are dicks. I don't like them. And I did say that for a long time, but I stuck in there and I had a good attitude. And, and I listened and I learned and I got to the point where eventually after three or three years or so, like I was, I earned my respect there and I learned a lot. I learned, I learned how to cut an onion the right way, you know? And like now, like I was really good at it and that, that bled over into how I ran calls and how I responded to fires and how I trained and um, how I just showed up in the firehouse. And at that time I started lifting weights a lot. And I started to realize, remember, oh shoot, if I show up more than anyone else, yeah. I'm going to have, I'm going to be stronger than everyone else. You get a bunch of dudes together and the guy who's the most jacked, the most lean is going to get some respect just straight out of discipline, Right. Mm-hmm. So I saw that again where I was like, oh man, look, I changed my body and now people are talking to me different. Mm-hmm. They're asking me for help. And so I start training guys. Yeah, That training turned into this passion for helping guys find that confidence that I was lacking that I found through getting my body right. Mm. And what I noticed was I wasn't the only one who's insecure around there. There There's a lot of chest puffers, chest puffing fakers walking around. And then I learned that almost everybody is a chest puffing, mask wearing faker. I was the only one who was honest. I was telling people I was scared and they would make fun of me. But guess what? They were more scared than I was. Mm. Wow. Huge epiphany. So now I actually realized I was surrounded by terrified men that were going home panicked with anxiety, drinking themselves to death to hide the pain. Right. I wasn't doing that. Mm. I was sitting in my pain. I wasn't running to substance. I was just dealing with it. Now, that didn't come with its own problems as a fireman. Like, you know, you go many days without sleep sometimes, see some terrible shit, and then you walk in the house and you're supposed to be this, like, great leader to your family, and you're dead inside, and, and you have, like, all kinds of inner turmoil. Yeah. And therein lied this place where I had to figure out how to handle this monster that was growing in me and be able to show up for my kids and my wife even amidst all this darkness that's been gathering up in my life mm-hmm. from life in, life, life in general, but also the job, you know, you see a lot of stuff, you start to doubt God, You start to get angry. And I definitely grew a massive bucket of anger deep within my soul, which I still have. It never went away. And, mm-hmm. and at this point I don't want it to because um, it's my superpower. Yeah. It so you. Yes. Yes. And the way that I learned to handle it is I stopped fighting it and I found that compassion that was still in me. And then I sprinkled on a ton of gratitude mm-hmm. on top of that anger compassion soup. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and that's where the power came from is understanding that I am who I am and anger is a very, very powerful emotion that if channeled and and controlled with discipline. Mm man, you can do some amazing things. I'm just going to be more motivated than anyone else. I'm just more angry. Yeah. Now there are people that are angry, but the anger gets a hold of them. What do they do? They drink, they yell at their kids. They, but, but I was able to find the sweet spot where I found the discipline through practice of discipline. Mm. Discipline doesn't, it's not a switch. You don't just get discipline. Discipline's like skateboarding. You want to learn how to kickflip It's going to take you thousands of tries to land a terrible one. Mm. And then it's going to take another 10,000 to land it clean. And then it's going to take another 20,000 to get it where it's fairly consistent. Discipline is no different. You have to show up every day and keep pushing and stop being like, oh, I failed. See, I'm a piece of shit. No, no, you're just, you haven't practiced long enough. Mm. Like you want to get good at basketball, you got to show up to practice. Discipline is no different.
0: I love what you said about discipline. I love because discipline is, I find discipline is learned, right? You can't just like you said, you can't just flip a switch on.
1: Yeah. Hey
0: guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD Mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. Why do men who are successful on one hand, uh, maybe they don't see success, but they're successful. Why do they struggle with discipline in other areas of their life when they find discipline in one area, why isn't it translating to the others?
1: Because they're using it as an excuse because mm. because they're selfish and they're trying to scratch their ego and they're looking for them to feel good. So like a guy that makes money, he'll be like, yeah. I'm a baller. I'm making money, but he's fat and he drinks all the time. I mean, he's kind of a shitty husband. Doesn't really show up for them. Works all day, comes home. is kind of apathetic, you know, doesn't really give them a lot of attention because he, Hey man, I worked today. I I did what I got to do. sits on the couch, has a drink, watches the game while his wife slaves over him, and then picks up his cereal bowls off the ground yeah. to go put away. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so I see a lot of these guys. Business starts to go bad, right? Yeah. yeah. Like a lot. Right now, the real estate's not so good. So I get a lot of guys calling me that are in real estate, and they'll be like, they'll be talking to me like they're a baller. They're mm. like, they got their Lambos and shit, talking, to, and you know, and they're just like. Oh yeah, money's not a problem for me, but really their business is going belly up. And but they don't want to they won't they won't tell me the truth. They they won't say like like man, the the market's really crushing me right now and I and I see my body and my family. And I realize like my whole life's in shambles. Yeah. But I could see it right away. Like I don't right. like I've been talking I talk to so many men, like the second I see them start talking, I'm like, I know where you're at, dude. Mm-hmm. I know the right questions asked. Yeah. But 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 what happens is in that moment you see clearly like you see like everything fell apart and then i see they make a good business decision they start making money again oh man I, i'm good yeah they stop working on their diet they stop working out they stop worrying about anything else they're just addicted to that dopamine rush of the it's pure selfishness if you're actually trying to create your best self for your people then you're going to create your best self in all aspects for your people if it's just for you like dude if it's just for me I, I'm eating donuts, I ain't got bad,
0: dude. Yeah, but Let's talk about that for a second. If it's just for you, it's not enough. And men struggle with making it, one, making it not just about them. And so all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I can't make it about me. I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I want to do these other things. And then they come up with the struggling with balance. And I know you're passionate about helping guys. like, But when you hear this, I'm struggling with balance whatever you want to call it, work, life, fitness, life, fitness, money, whatever. What do you say to guys who are struggling with that?
1: I'd say stop making excuses and get obsessed. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to, there's no balance. There's psychotic obsession. That's it. Like if you want to be this guy that you want to be pick these guys picture in their head, like some Jack rip dude, making tons of money with this amazing wife. They have sex all the time. It's incredible. The kids are happy. They respect their father. Like you think that shit comes easy, man. That's like trying to be a professional athlete in four sports. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good way to So it's it. like, yeah. so, so what, I mean, your life then has to be obsessed, which means like if you're chilling, watching Netflix and like wasting time on, 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 on Instagram and, and like you look at your life and see, like if you have four hours that you wasted today. Do you realize you could have built a hundred million dollar business mm. with four hours a day, like over time? Right, like that. Now, I listen. I don't have a hundred million dollar business, so I I probably shouldn't say that because I don't like saying things I haven't done. But technically, it, it makes sense. Like you're yeah. you're creating more time to focus in a certain area to develop a skill that you can sell. Call it a million dollar business. Mm. Like
2: yeah.
1: you can do that. I did that. I built a seven figure business in eighteen months, mm. and I did that with just taking time and adding more by getting up earlier and staying up a little later and then compressing it by being better at blocking out my time and then having non-negotiables set in each area of my life. Mm-hmm. And then once those become non-negotiables, that's what they are. They get done, right? And so- what are, yeah. What now, are some
0: examples? Hey. What are some examples of non-negotiables that you put into your life that other guys could put into theirs to start making progress?
1: Well, most guys- don't even work out every day like mm. they they say I don't have time but then they're sleeping in and they're mm-hmm. like no I get up at 6 30 every day you're sleeping in yeah you're sleeping in like people saw the Jocko thing 4 30 and even back when he first started I was like that's crazy and now I'm like that's insane not to get up at 4 30. that's crazy like 4 30 if I get up at 4 30 I'm late to the party bro like yeah. I, I my is f- sorry if I get up at 4 30. Like, it's just, I, I have my systems in place where like, I get three hours of work done before I go to the gym at five 30 with my family. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, don't do it. I don't just like come out the gates. We talked about discipline as a volume, right? Like yeah. you can't just be like, well, this guy does this. So I'm going to do this. Dude, if you're used to getting up at seven every morning, just kick it back an hour, be good at that and kick it back a half hour and get good at that. Then kick it back another half hour and just work your way back over the course of time and then be really specific about what you do at night. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of you idiots are drinking at night and it's screwing up your sleep. And dude, I couldn't do this if I drank. There's no way. There's no way I could be this effective if I drank, especially every day. It's it would be no way. It's like right. that that thing is like what screws people up the most. And mm-hmm. and, and argue with me all you want. Like I work with hundreds of men and I see it. Drinking is the worst trade-off. Now, I don't even believe that alcohol is bad. It's a substance. But in your life, what is it you want? And and what is affecting what you want? It's simple as that, right? And if you want something and you're letting a substance stop you from getting what you want, you are addicted. That's called an alcoholic. So just say it. I'm addicted. Just say it. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's understanding what you prioritize. What you prioritize shows in what you do. It shows in who you are, how you approach people, how you approach conflict, whatever it is. But if you're prioritizing having a beer on a weeknight over going to the gym in the morning, you're gonna get those results. Like it's yeah, not a surprise. you're to like, you are. I,
1: I want to be a fat guy, and I I want to be unhealthy, and mm. I want to sleep in. If that's you, then by all means, be that guy. I, I imagine your wife doesn't want that, and your kids, they're, they're probably pretty disappointed that they have you as a father. And But, I mean, that's up to you. Your wife married you. That's on her too. Your kids didn't choose you, so I think you're kind of an asshole. But I can't force you to do that or force you to want that. But if you say you want it, I want the body. I want the business. I want the relationships. And then you're having beers every night before bed.
0: Yeah. What are some other pitfalls that guys could fall into that are going to distract them from, you know, achieving what they, they might want to achieve or with their goals? Like as they get up, they have the same, like, this is what I want to do. And then there's some things you you mentioned the substance, the the routines yeah. of just the status quo of what everybody else is doing. But what are some other pitfalls that you've seen guys who've yeah. come to you uh, struggle with?
1: Like, uh, distraction is huge whatever that may be, just distraction with video games and phones and Netflix and all that, Um, just apathy. So like whenever you start a new endeavor of sorts, like we always tell our guys the enemy's coming and the enemy's name is apathy and he's going to show up at your bedside anywhere from seven to 10 days after you start this process. So because everyone starts amped, right? Oh, this is great. I'm going to change my life. And then day day seven through 10, maybe like around day eight, you wake up and it's like you're covered in a brick wall. Like you can't, you can't get out of bed unless you knew it was coming so that when you feel it, you're like, oh, this is what they're talking about. And so we say, when apathy shows up, kick him in the teeth before he can attack you. You know, you gotta, gotta get violent with that thing and you gotta make a move quick. And, um, that's why I like getting up early. That's why I like going right into a cold shower. That's why I like, because you're, you're fighting this apathy all the time by going full overboard where it, it has no power over you, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and apathy will get you to negotiate. And I would, I would, I would be a liar if I didn't say I negotiate almost every morning throughout the day. I'm always still negotiating. I'd like to get to a point where I'm not, but yeah. I still like, I still like lay in bed some sometimes for like five minutes and I'm like, <sighs> Really, yeah. yeah should yeah. I should you know like mm, and I'll like grab my phone just so the light will go in my eyes and I'll start working on like my stories yeah. but technically that's not my system. like my system is not to just start working on writing from bed. It's to right. get up and go get in that cold shower. So sometimes I will start negotiating and then if I get and then if I get up, I'll stand in front of that cold shower and it's running and I'm just like kind of pacing like oh my God. This is so goddamn hard. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I get I get slack from this from some guys on Instagram. Like I I get guys like sending me messages like, dude, stop being such a pussy. And I'm like, dude, you might be you might be the toughest guy on the planet. Congratulations. But I look at their pages and I'm like, you ain't consistent, bitch. Like But I just take it. I go. You're right. like Because they're right. I am. And so, mm. you know, or like or like sometimes my workout videos like. I I push myself in my workouts and I I go to the point where I feel like my whole body's burning and like, like my ears are ringing. And, uh, sometimes at the end of like, I'm like, like hobbling around and shit. And, uh, and I get comments like, man, quit being so weak, man, quit crying. And I'm just thinking like, I want to think like, bro, come do this workout with me and see, but in reality they're right. So I just listen. I'm like, you're right. You're right. I need to toughen up.
0: Speak to speak to the importance that facing hard things has, right? You look at that cold shower; it's hard. You know, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. about this. Yes, I hate
1: man. it. It's the worst.
0: Man, here's my equivalent. I live in Canada. I get up in the morning. I want to get to the gym. I'm leaving my house. It's about four forty-five. It's minus thirty-two degrees Celsius outside. Bro, yeah. I, I,
1: I God bless you. And, and so respect.
0: And it's like, oh, and you, and I walk out the back door, and I hear that. Okay. On the ice, snow because it's not even soft snow. It's like frozen, yeah. solid, like ice, snow.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's time,
0: man. That negotiation that happens until I yeah. get. Even when I get in yeah. the truck, I get in the truck. I'm still yeah. negotiating. I'm like, do I want to drive? You know, <laughs> oh, God, I get it, yes. man. Yes. But speak to the yes. importance of facing hard things. We all negotiate. It's the truth. Somebody can say they don't, but we do. But what is the importance of breaking through and saying no? I'm not going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to do the hard things. I'm like. Why is that important?
1: So soft life, soft body, soft spirit, soft mind. And and we all know it because what happens is, is our ability to handle stress drops significantly when we're always comfortable. Mm. And this is where most men lie. They lie in this place where they're constantly looking for the easy road and looking for comfort. This is where all this irritation and inability to handle inconvenience and everything is such a problem and all this bitching and moaning that happens and negative reactions that bleed right in your wife's face and all over your kids. And all they're getting is negativity from you because you're soft. You can't handle anything. And so what happens is, is when you start manufacturing hardship, because we have to, because life's too easy, your bed's too damn comfortable, your showers are too warm, you have way too much food. And really, what do you have to do? To to get all that. Not much. Like you don't you could sit in a fairly low stressful place and have a a kind of a shitty apartment, but still eat all you want and everything's still warm and air conditioned if it's hot and it's like everything's so comfortable, you know? And then we think it's all sad when like a family of four lives in a one bedroom apartment and like they're below the poverty line. It's like they have a roof over their head, they have plenty of food, they have a warm shower and they all have comfortable places to sleep. Like, is it really that sad? Like America's amazing, man. Like, you don't have to do much to get a lot, you know? So with that comes just this bleed over of weakness. And so we have to train. We have to train for the hard times that are coming. Health problems, relationship problems, just day-to-day drudgery and stress. And then, God forbid, you want to actually build something amazing, you better be able to handle some stress. You want to be like a CEO of a company or build something and have lead employees and or move up in your company and lead teams. Like you are going to have to deal with a lot of stress. Mm. And if you haven't prepared for it, you're going to fold like a lawn chair when hard times come.
0: Yeah. For you as a dad, you know, as you go through this and you're you're driven to help others and you're building your business and yet you still want to be a dad and you want to be a husband. You know, what's an area right now that you're digging into an area of growth or an area of improvement? They're like, I'm excited about this. I'm digging into it right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, every driven man has a hard time connecting with his wife in a very emotional and spiritual way because mm. we're, we're, we're warriors, man. Like we want to fight. Like my, my default with my wife is like knuckles, chest bump. What's up, bro? You know, like I want to bro out with my wife. She does not want that. Yep. Like, because my, my wife's my friend, and I and and we I, we bro. I bro out with my friends. She's like, I'm not your bro. I'm not at the firehouse. Stop calling me dude. Yeah, we work out together too, and and I respect the hell out of her. She's a hardworking girl. She's just ripped, man. Super disciplined. She's like she runs her own women's group and just crushes it. And, uh, pushes me like mm-hmm. requires from me to be the, my best. And she calls me out when I'm not, which I would not be this guy. If it wasn't for my wife, she mm-hmm. forces me to be this way. If I didn't step up this way, she'd be gone. She'd be mm-hmm. like, get out of my way, loser. I'm a queen. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I, I appreciate that from her. Cause she sets the example for me too. And I like to think that I, that I'm, that I inspire her to be better as well. But there's this pride wall to be soft
2: Mm.
1: and like sweet you know it's like like you know like on her birthday you'll write a card and it's kind of hard to write because you're just like getting a little lovey in there and it's a little embarrassing and you're like yeah you give her the card and then she looks at you and is like oh and you're like you're almost like yeah don't do that like it's cool yeah i love you babe love you babe you know it's like (laughs) it's like It's such a big deal for her though. She got this card and you actually shared some emotion, man. Let me tell you when you actually stop being weak and scared and you like, just get in this place where you don't write her a card, but you actually hold her hands and look and look her in the eyes and you tell her those things, bro, that's what they want, man. And and a lot of guys I tell that to, they're like, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm like, dude, I get it. I get it took me a long time. And and now a non-negotiable, do that every day. Mm. That has to happen. And I'm more terrified of that than anything else in my life. It's the most uncomfortable spot for me. But I also understand how important that is and how much that's changed my relationship with my wife. They want emotional connection so bad. Most of you are making them starve for it, which is why they withhold sex from you. Cause they're not getting emotional connection from you, you know? So I, I mean, that's a challenge for all myself included because when you're at war and you're like w- working, especially if you're building a business or something, it's so easy for seven days to go by. And it feels like one day and yep. you're like, and, and my wife sometimes will come up and be like, you haven't even looked at me in seven days. And I'm like, it's been seven days. She's like, yeah, it's been a week. I'm like, I've just been head down covered in blood and mud just like on the attack, you know, but I'm like, we, we, we got, went to the gym together. Like we, we've been hanging out. Like we, we were talking about business all day today. Like we were working on things. Yeah. It's like, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, You know? So for me, it was, it's been a lot of like morning texts or cues, just stupid. Like, I love you. Yeah. Can't wait to see you this morning. Cause I get up like two hours before my wife. So I'll have a text waiting for her when she wakes up. And then every Friday night, we go dancing now, which again, she <laughs> asked me for five, almost 10 years, asked me yeah. to go dancing. And I was like, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. I'm not a dancer. Yeah. Yeah. So I realized that like, I was, why would I not do that for her? You yeah. know? So like tonight, I like, I plan the day we're going dancing, we're getting massages and then we're going to Thai food. And I planned it like nice. you have to plan the date. Don't let your wife do it anymore. Everybody's wife always plans the dates. You just show up and like, no, you plan it. Like yep. these things are massive. So th- this is what I've been working on this last couple years, really, is like getting that super dialed in. I think it's easier to be a good attentive dad than it is to be a good husband. I think it is yep. like with my daughter, like I'll, I'll see my daughter and I'll just connect her. I'll look in her eyes and I'll kiss her. And I'll talk baby talk to her. It's so easy. But with my wife, it's hard to do that. And I'm trying to figure out why that is and what yeah. that is. And I, you know, I'm starting to learn that there's this resistance because you're, you're kind of in this battle together in this in life. And you're you're always a little pissed off at each other because there's life's hard and it's a grind. And you yeah. can't help but blame each other for some things. And that's why like you gotta let it go and force this connection. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I know what you're saying.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: And, I think everybody know,
1: does.
0: Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. You know, you mentioned the date thing. Just plan the date. How many of us have gone through a period where we take our wife on a date and we get into the vehicle and we're like, hey, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I don't know." Where yeah, do you it's terrible, eat? dude. It's terrible, man. God, it's like that,
1: It indecision oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. I used yeah. to do that all the time, man. It's so embarrassing. Like, who's leading the family here? She just mm-hmm. wants you to step up and be the man. She just wants you to lead, man. Yeah, it's we're just like
0: going here and doing this.
1: Yeah. Oh man, and then and then like like call ahead on the restaurant, have them put candles and roses on the table or something. Like just stupid stuff like that is so I didn't realize how insanely powerful that stuff is. Yeah. Cool. You know.
0: So, you know, you have superhuman fathers. Tell us a bit about superhuman fathers, uh what it is and uh where guys can find out more information about it.
1: Yeah, we're going to trick you like you see all of our physical transformations and you're like, damn, I want to get ripped because like really look at our transformations and like you'll be like that. Those are the best in the world. Like it's crazy. And they just keep pumping out more and more and more. But then read what they write.
2: Yeah,
1: And that's the key is like the physical thing for us is easy. It's the reason why the physical side is easy because when we get the heart and the mind and the spirit right and we start changing the stories we tell ourselves about what it is we truly want. And then we start taking out the things in our life one at a time that we're being called to give up or to start doing, start listening and actually acting rather than making excuses, man, things in your life start to really light on fire. And so, yeah, you're going to get ripped working with us. That is easy. But, but like in our, in our round table, zoom calls that we have every single day, we're talking about purpose and vision, discipline, family, leadership and fatherhood and marriage and business and grit. And uh, and then we're holding each other accountable and returning and reporting on how we're doing every week, you know, or every day, really. You know, some of the guys come on every call every day, which is rad. We, we just require guys to come on like two or three times a week to stay in the brotherhood. And then we, we, we sketch out all your workouts and have a, a chat in our app. And, um, it's just this community where like most people don't have high level people around them ever. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're, they're like, sometimes they're, they want to level up, but everyone else is dragging them down. So you come here, you're going to be at the bottom of the heap. Like, you're going to be like, oh, damn, everybody's pushing it, you know? And so yeah. you can't help but elevate.
0: Yeah. Very cool. If somebody wants to connect with you, learn more about it, where can they do that?
1: Yeah, Superhuman Fathers uh at at Superhuman Fathers on Instagram is probably a really good spot. Um, and then we have a YouTube, and uh that's superhuman fathers or under my name, Kyle Carnahan. Um, I think I have a couple YouTubes, but you'll find the one that is Superhuman Fathers. Um, and that's got like my wife and I started a podcast. We got the first episode on there. We have all the episodes of our latest uh retreat, live retreat we did with superhuman fathers, which is pretty cool. You see me doing some coaching in there. You can see some guys having some massive breakthroughs. Um, But, yeah, those are probably the two spots. And then just hit me up in the DMs or go to superhumanfathers.com to apply for the Brotherhood.
0: Excellent. Kyle, I appreciate you. Thanks for taking time out of your Friday. I know you're heading off to date night tonight. Have a good night with your wife. I appreciate you. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for letting me uh, chat with you, man.
0: Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, Go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dad's Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.